the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, especially the first two verses. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. So far the text. As a boy, one of my first heroes was Dwight David Eisenhower. For you young people, you may not know who that is. He was an important general in World War II and became president of the United States in the 50s. To me, he looked like the perfect president. To me, he was on this high pedestal. I considered him wise. I consider him intelligent. I considered him moral. I considered him good. I had such high respect for him. Almost as though he could do no wrong. Well, time has passed. And books and articles have been written about him. And suddenly we see the human side of Dwight Eisenhower. And suddenly that pedestal has to be knocked down a few notches. That's how it is with our heroes, isn't it? Whether they be sports heroes, whether they be political heroes whether they be entertainment heroes. We only see one side, don't we? But when the other side is revealed, the human side, we realize how imperfect they are, just like us. Hebrews chapter 11 lists some Old Testament heroes. Let me read some of them to you. Abel. Enoch, Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Samson, David, Samuel, and others. What's really interesting and important is that the scriptures don't just give the idyllic, perfect example of these heroes. They show the whole person, their strengths, their weaknesses, their good points, their faults. Why? Well, first of all, because it was true. But second of all, it was to show that they were sinners like us, that they had a human nature that was Corrupted by sin, just like us. That they were not these perfect heroes that we might somehow imagine in our mind. 
So even though these heroes did some very heroic things, the Bible shows they could not earn their way to heaven. And that tells us if these great heroes of the Bible, of the Old Testament, could not earn their way to heaven by their deeds, what makes you think you can earn your way to heaven by your deeds? They, like us, needed to have faith in the true God in order to be saved. That's why that second verse in Hebrews 11 said, in talking about faith, this is what the ancients were commended for. They weren't so much commended for the heroic deeds they did. They were commended for their faith, which enabled them to do the heroic deeds. And that's why they're heroes. Because of their faith and trust in God. And it seems like no matter how many times saved by grace through faith is taught and proclaimed and preached, that false thinking, that false belief that we must save ourselves, that we must obey the law, that we must earn our way to heaven, continues to persist. Over the years, I've taught many a confirmation class, both juniors and adults. And of course, periodically we would come to lessons that talked about faith and that we are saved by faith. And I would do my best to explain that great teaching, saved by grace through faith. And I'd think to myself, okay, they, they got it. Except you'd get to the end of the class or maybe the next class, and you have a quiz. Or you ask for a show of hands, and you try to see if they really got it. And so you might say something like this. In order to be saved, we must try to keep the Ten Commandments. And up would go the hands. Yep, that's what we believe. And you'd shake your head, and you'd just feel like crying. Weren't they listening? Weren't they paying attention? I would venture to say if I had quizzed you this morning, not now, you're kind of ready for it. If I had quizzed you, maybe as you came in and filled out a form, perhaps some of you might have hinted at the same thing. This false thinking must be somehow part of our corrupted human nature that says, if I've sinned, then I have to make up for it. I have to overcome it. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that God is holy and perfect. The angels in heaven are perfect. Heaven itself is perfect. What makes you think that God is going to allow sinful human beings to enter this holy, perfect place? He's not. Unless 
You are cleansed of your sin. And that's the point. How do I get cleansed? Not by our attempts to be perfect. Because first of all, that's going to fail. Not by our attempts to be good, however we define the word good. Not by our attempts to portray ourselves as better than others. Not by our thinking that if I do one more good thing than I do bad thing, that's good enough. All of those are wrong. And Martin Luther found that out firsthand. He was aware of his sin, so he thought, well, if I become a priest, that will cleanse me of my sin. And then he thought, if I become a monk, if I go a step further, I'll become a monk. That'll cleanse me of my sin. And then he thought, if I punish myself, if I punish my body, that will pay for my sin. No, no, and no. Martin Luther was a spiritually tormented man because he knew that no matter how hard he tried, no matter what he did do or didn't do, he knew that he could not cleanse himself of his sin. And of course, he knew he couldn't be perfect. It wasn't until he read the scriptures and came across that wonderful good news For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And he found out that saved by faith has nothing to do with faith in yourself. Has nothing to do with faith in what you do. It is faith solely In Jesus Christ, our Savior. He alone can cleanse us of our sin. And what's another word for cleanse? Forgive. And as Martin Luther studied that, a whole new world opened up for him and for us all. A whole new world of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and love. And it changed his whole life. And it changed the church. And it changed our life as well. In that verse, he found out that it's only in Jesus Christ, only in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection, which were all for us on our behalf, that we find that cleansing, that forgiveness. And that's why those ancient heroes are in heaven right now. Not because of anything they did, but because they trusted that God of mercy and compassion and love and forgiveness. And if you want to be in heaven, that's your way. By believing and trusting in that God of mercy 
and compassion and forgiveness and love. The way to heaven is not what you see in the mirror. The way to heaven is what you see in the scriptures, in Jesus Christ. So what is faith? I ran across this quote, which I think is pretty good. Faith is not an opinion, but a certitude. I like that. If faith is an opinion, well, opinions change. And opinions can be wrong. But faith is a certitude. And of course, the other one I want to focus on is from our text. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? Let me give you examples. It means when God says, pack up your things, move out of the country, and go somewhere you don't know, but I'll show you where I want you to go. And you wonder, what in the world is this going to mean for me? But you do it anyway because you trust in God. That's faith. And that's what Abraham and Sarah did. When God says, I want you to build this massive ship, though you don't live near any open water, I want you to build this massive ship. And you know everybody around you is going to mock you incessantly. Because it looks like this makes no sense whatsoever. And you wonder, why in the world would God ask me to do such a foolish thing? But you do it anyway because you trust God. That's faith. That's what Noah did. When God tells you you're going to be king of Israel, and you believe it, even though the present king of Israel is hunting you down to kill you, You believe it because you trust in God. That was David. When God says, I want you to attack the army of the Midianites, but I only want you to take 300 men with you. And you think, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, we're going to be overwhelmed. But because God said it, I'm going to trust him. That's faith. That's what Gideon did. When God says, walk through the sea. And the people of Israel looked around on water on both sides, wondering if that water would collapse on them and they would drown. But you trusted in God and you believed that was faith. And that's what the Israelites did as they walked through the sea. You get the idea? So many more examples could be given from the scriptures. But what it shows us is we walk by faith, not by sight. God doesn't have to lay it all out in front of us and say, all right, now do you see? He just says, trust me. Follow me. And we do. That's faith. They didn't know the future. We don't know the future. We don't know what's in store for us, but we do know God, and we trust in him. We have confidence in him. We have faith in him. And so also with us, we've never seen God. 
But we believe he is. We believe he's real. We believe he's with us. We believe that there are angels. We've never seen them that we know of. We've never seen an angel. But because God says they're there, we believe. God said he created the heavens and the earth. We weren't there. We didn't see it. We were not eyewitnesses of creation, but we believe it. We don't need to see it. We weren't there to see the birth of Jesus. We weren't there to see his miracles. We weren't there to see his death on the cross. We weren't there to see his resurrection. But we believe just as if we had been eyewitnesses. We don't need to see it. We believe it. In contrast to Thomas, remember after the resurrection, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I see him. Unless I see the marks on his body, I'm not going to believe. And later Jesus appeared and showed Thomas that he was alive. And then what did Jesus say? Blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. That's faith. And that's not something we can do on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. But that's a message for another day. So also with the Bible. We believe the Bible is God's holy word. Now, were we there to see the Holy Spirit inspire the writers to the scriptures? No, we weren't there. But we believe it when these holy men of God spoke by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we believe that in his word, God is speaking to us. Now, the Bible does not levitate. It doesn't just levitate on like it's a unique book. The words on the page don't shine. There aren't halos above the words. But we know this book is unique. We know those words are special because they are God's words. And that's important to us. And so when the Bible, when God tells us Jesus is the Savior of the world, we believe it. Because after all, if I'm my own Savior, why in the world would Jesus come into this world? If I'm going to save myself, why put Jesus through all that suffering and death? For what? For what purpose? Because it was all for us. Jesus alone is the Savior of the world. When the Bible says to us that his death was payment for our sin and disobedience, there's no way to prove that. But we believe it. Because God would not lie to us. It's his word. When God says Jesus rose from the dead to guarantee our victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil... We believe it. We count on it. We trust in it. When the Bible says Jesus alone is the way to heaven, that there is a heaven, 
And that if we believe in Jesus Christ and trust in him and follow him, we will be in heaven forever. We believe it. Have we ever seen heaven? No. But we believe it's real. And we believe the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, through that relationship called faith in him. When the Bible says Jesus is the source of life and truth, we believe it. No one else is the source of truth. No one else gives life. When God speaks, we believe. We don't need to see. We believe. We're all in. No hedging. No unsuredness. We're all in, 100%. We put our life, our confidence, our trust, our faith in him. We've all seen, occasionally on TV or in person, a blind person who has a seeing eye dog. Imagine the confidence that blind person puts in that dog. All they can do is grab the handle of the harness and they count on that dog to lead the way, to not get them in trouble, to not cause an accident, to not bump into people, to not walk off the curb. They count on that dog with their life. Their well-being. You and I are so blind in many areas, especially when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to the future. How are we going to get around? How are we going to find our way through life? How are we going to find our way through all the obstacles, all the temptations, all the problems of life? And how are we going to find our way to heaven? You think you can do that on your own? Forget it. It's not going to happen. All we can do is grab onto that handle of faith. And even though we can't see a thing, We know that that faith is attached to Jesus Christ. And he's going to lead us through life. He's going to lead us through the obstacles, the temptations, the problems, the challenges of life. And most importantly, he's going to lead us to eternal life in heaven. That's faith. It's the only way. Do I need to quiz you? I hope not. Solely faith. That's the way to eternal life. Faith not in you, not in your deeds, but entirely in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask your forgiveness for our arrogance in thinking that somehow we can find our own way to heaven that we can earn it by our deeds, that somehow we're good enough to merit 
eternal life. Forgive us. Instead, send your Holy Spirit to us to strengthen that faith with you. Help us to realize that the only way to eternal life is through our faith in you. And so, Lord, even though we are blind in so many ways, that's okay. Because as long as we are attached to you by faith, we are safe and we are yours. And we know where you will lead us. You will lead us to eternal life because you alone are the way, the truth, and the life. In your name we pray. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.